Hey there, Offgoers. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Just want to let you know before we got started that this week's episode features a Patreon request. If there's an album that you have in mind that you would like to hear us review on the Going Off Podcast, head over to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. The only GOP worth a shit, it's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Rap Critic. <laughs> How are you doing this week? I decided to go back to my old house, like the very first house. Your old stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are new people that live there now. And, you know, I stopped my car, walked outside, and I was like, wow, you know, you don't know me at all. Like, the guy just happened to be outside, and I was like, you don't know me at all, but, like, I used to live here, like, when I was, like, I don't know, two to, like, 13 or something like that. Oh, my gosh. And he was like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy, man. Like, yeah, we, we got this house, like, in such and such a year. And I was like, oh, so you got this, like, right after we, you know, at, right after we uh, left it. So it was like, you're the person who's lived here at, right after us, you know. The guy's name is the exact same name as me. No. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spelled exactly the same. Oh. That's, I was like, that's fucking creepy. Yeah, I was like, what? What? <laughs> Are you alternate reality me? Was this just like Bizarro World You? Does he also have a podcast with another Mark Muse? Uh, that would be very interesting, but nah, I think that's where the similarities end. So, you're recording a new album? Yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be the one about lucid dreaming and stuff like that. Like, I haven't finished all of the writing yet, but I've written four songs and I kind of want to go in tomorrow and like, you know, make those songs to the best of my ability. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to spread out uh the recording over like 10 songs i'm just like let me just go make these songs the best that i can you know and then go from there you know i i realized something as i was driving down here i was listening to um a whole bunch of albums i I decided to listen to the eminem show again oh yeah dude that really is his best album listening to it again i was just like there are so many genius moments from a writing and from just like uh, 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 from a lyrical as well as like an artistic uh, statement perspective, like it's kind of incredible. This was the only one I had when I was younger. I I, I skipped the other ones because this was yeah 2002. I was still in high school, and it, it resonated with me. I guess I remember not being a big fan of the uh, Aerosmith song. The, uh, oh, I thought that was the best one. I thought that was like the crux. I haven't listened to that album in a really long time, though, so I might need to go back. Like, like my sister was into Eminem, and that's how I kind of got into him. This was the first album we ever had. Yeah, because I remember uh, uh, Lose Yourself came out, and I was really into that, but I just don't think we had an album from him yet. Mm. Um, I, I, now, I got the uh, 8 Mile soundtrack album, and I think my sister got the Eminem show. And you know what's really funny? We used to listen to music together, right? And like, but whenever it came to the Drift song, we always skipped it. <laughs> Which one's that? The, the one with Obi Trice. It was just a little too much. <laughs> she foaming at the lips, the ones between the hips. Pubic hairs looking like some sour cream dip without the nacho. Uh, I, I remember we talked last week. I don't know if you shared this, but uh, there was a part where I was talking about the different albums that he makes and how. It felt like they progressively got bigger in scope as they went on. And I feel like that was, like, the the best one of uh, the first three. 
Um, but then I was also kind of thinking about how I, the way I think about albums, especially albums that I really love and that I've listened to like a million times, I've realized that I, I try to piece a narrative to them. And that's interesting. Like, and like I, I don't know if other people ever do that. They try to, like, I, I always try to think of like, why, is the, why are these songs in this sequence? Mm. Wouldn't it be cool if there was like a story going along with them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a through line story. It's just like, hey, this one thing is happening. And then this one thing interrupts it. And so now he's doing that thing. You know, it's just like a slice of life sort of thing. Slim Shady LP was my favorite style wise. Mm. Um, I think I just like, like the weird complexity of like the absurd lyrics on that one. But I do agree that um, they do get smarter as, as you go. Hits a brick wall with Encore, though. Uh, most definitely. <laughs> it, it really fucking hits the reset button. And I think, I think this was kind of what we were uh, talking about with your uh, retrospective and how you were talking about how Slim Shady LP is very, like, is just kind of focused on the alter ego. Marshall Mathers is focused on Marshall. Then you got the Eminem show, and that's kind of like the like where, where they kind of meet. But then you got Encore, which it almost tries to be like Slim Shady LP and how it tries to be ridiculous, but it's not impressive lyrically like the Slim Shady LP was. It's just a lot of try-hard humor. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I remember when I was talking about Oh, if there's a music video for this hit, it's gonna be me dressed up as a mummy with my wrist slit. It's like, oh, okay, that that's interesting, and it and it evokes an interesting image. Not, oh, um, have you ever played touch football and grabbed another man's ass and but it ain't gay though. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going with this bullshit? Where is all of this going? And then you fucking got relapse, and then finally with recovery, where things kind of got back on even footing. Yeah, yeah. You, you might not like that album the most, but y you have to admit that it's more solid. The one track, or, or was it two tracks? No, the, well, the one I listened to, the one track that I felt was honestly good and was different from everything that he had done before was, like, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Toy Soldiers was actually the one moment on that album where it honestly felt weird like, it was just like, wait, you, you're making a good song now. What, what, ha what happened? Like, I thought you sucked. Why are you making a good song now? And if you're making <laughs> this good song now, that means you're still capable of making good songs. And why the fuck haven't you been doing that this whole time? Mosh. I think Mosh was also good. Because that was also a very different topic than he had done before. He touched on it on the Eminem show, like, more political stuff. But I think that's the first time he really specifically got into the bullshit, you know? Was that the one with, like, the animated music video of, like, all different walks of life? Yeah. Like, storming Washington? Uh-huh. See, I remember that music video, because you know what's funny? Before the election happened in 2004, there was, like, the version of it was, they come in and they're all, and you think that they're gonna, like, go in and, like, start shooting shit or something like that, but they, they go in and they, like, start writing their name down, like, for votes and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's pretty clever, you know, you think it's gonna be about violence? No, it's about taking back the political landscape or whatever. I think the alternate version, like, after the election, it was, like, John Kerry crying. <laughs> Oh, I never saw that! Oh, that's- that's terrible. It, it looks so stupid! <laughs> 
Why would you even bother? Yeah, because the first version is like, oh, this is strong. Yeah, we're all going to unite and take mm. this person down the legal way. And the other version is just like, oh, but you made John Kerry cry, Bush. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> you, you know what's really funny? A little side note. I was doing high school radio at that time. It was from like 2002 to 2005 when I graduated. So in that time, the 2004 election happened, obviously. And I've wanted to go back because I have all that shit recorded somewhere. I want to go back and listen to, like, the first show after the election because I want to see how politically involved I was, if at all, because I really don't remember. I remember I didn't like Bush, but I don't remember why I didn't. And I imagine I wasn't nearly as enlightened as I am now, which is still, you know, I've still got a ways to go, but I'm sure it was very superficial shit. So this past weekend, um, three things I was really excited for, and I hate that no one I know I could, like, relate to and share my excitement with because they're so niche. Uh, I went to a Ninja Sex Party concert in Charlotte, first of all, which was cool because the last opportunity I had was, uh, during our MAGFest panel, so I missed out on that then. And, um... Also, at the exact same time, was an indie wrestling show in uh, Concord, I want to say, that um, I'm probably going to have to check out on DVD. And also, at the exact same time, was a uh, WWE pay-per-view I wanted to see, and the premiere of the new uh, Twin Peaks season on Showtime. And I don't think anybody around me in this fucking city knows what the hell I'm talking about when I talk about any of those things. <laughs> I'm not going to give spoilers to anyone who might want to watch the new Twin Peaks, but I will just say it's fucking awesome. If you're familiar with the original series, it's definitely worth checking out. It's weird with nudity and cursing in Twin Peaks, but it's showtime, so why not? And, mm. the, uh, and the Ninja Sex Party concert was awesome. There was, they ended it with a line that I thought was great. Uh, Danny Sexbang uh, ended it by saying... Um, Love everyone, forgive everyone, especially yourself. And that was really fucking awesome. I thought that was great. Oh, wow. It's a really great line. And, and you, you can tell the crowd was all about, like, love everyone. They're like, woo! And the second it was like, forgive everyone, you can tell there was a little bit of a drop-off. Because I know, <laughs> I know people have problems with that. And I know I have problems with that. Like, I know in the past couple months, I've really been trying to practice compassion more. Especially with those I don't necessarily agree with ideologically or, you know, anything, anything with that or whatever. But, yeah, forgiveness is really hard. But I definitely think loving and forgiving yourself is really important. And, and also really hard. No, but I thought that was a great inspirational line to drop in the middle of a concert with songs about dicks. <laughs> I, like, I thought you were going to be like love everyone no literally take your pants off let's start loving right now <laughs> oh, it, was, it was a lot of fucking fun it was so weird because um, there are two musical venues side by side the Fillmore and the NC Underground and there were two shows going on where you got Ninja Sex Party on one side and there was some metal band I, I forget the name uh, performing right next door and the way they had it set up was that there was just one line that would then break off 
when the, when we got to the underground, and then the rest of the line would just be for the uh, Ninja Sex Party show. And it was just interesting to look at everybody in the line and be like, be able to tell who was going to which show. Because <laughs> you'd see these fucking, like, big, burly motherfuckers, and then you'd see, like, all these girls with, like, crazy multicolored hair or, like, unicorn horns and shit, and you know you're just <laughs> able to point out, all right, I know which crowd you are. <laughs> I'll see you inside. Not a whole lot music news, and if we're not gonna address the obvious elephant in the room, the what is now being considered a terrorist attack in Manchester. Oh my god, man. At a fucking Ariana Grande concert? Like, what the fuck? In one day's time, all that happened, and now the terrorist alert is has been risen to critical. Under its definition, means that they're expecting an attack at any time. Like, immediately, any, any kind of attack would happen. That's how, like, on high alert they are right now. I doubt someone's going to do a terrorist attack right after um, that one because, well, I mean, maybe there could be a reason why someone's doing it. But for me, it seems like, wouldn't that take away their thunder or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you'd want to give it time so you'd be like, okay... Now people will talk about ours now that that one's out of the news cycle or whatever. Because, you know, these people are, they're attention seekers. You know what I mean? You have ISIS taking credit for each and every single one, which, I mean, I guess if you are a terrorist organization, you would. You know, at this point, though, you think that would, that would take away their for, for, formidability or whatever. Because, like, it used to be, at first they said, whenever there was a terrorist attack, they took credit for it. But now that we know that's always what they do, even if it had nothing to do with them, you know, that should take away their steam. Like, a uh, terrorist attack happens in Manchester, and then they go, oh, it was totally us. And it's basically Boy Who Cried Wolf. We should all collectively just go like, yeah, yeah, sure it was. You know what I mean? Like, how do we believe them anymore? That's exactly where my mind goes. I, I, don't, I don't believe half that shit anymore. Yeah. Anytime, like, even if it was them, now I just don't believe them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so ridiculous. And they're like, no, but it is me. I'm the, I'm the person who's responsible for these atrocities. Yeah, okay. I think it's such an interesting thing on how different our systems are. They had a terrorist attack at a concert that killed 19 people, oh, injured over so 50. What's yeah. that? 22 so far. 22? Okay. And they're raising their terror alert to critical critical mass meanwhile we had 50 people shot and killed in the pulse nightclub in orlando it was the worst mass shooting in the country's history no terrorist alert was raised it's such a different climate i find that really fascinating maybe because they don't put up with shit and we do i guess i guess especially when you assume that oh it's a terrorist it's an outside threat now we can act you know whatever but, oh, if it has something to do with guns, I have gun lobbyists that I don't want to piss off. <laughs> so I can't say anything exactly. No, but on this in particularly, uh, it, it especially got to me because, like, it's an Ariana Grande concert. You know there are, like, kids there and stuff, you know? Yeah. They shouldn't have to fucking think about a goddamn terrorist attack happening when they're going to uh, a concert for one of their goddamn idols. You know? They shouldn't have to fucking think about that. That is not... I mean, I know I'm saying the obvious, but that's not fucking fair, man. Some some guy out there, some white guy out there. Uh, no, you like know that, who you are. Uh, that British guy. Uh, uh, you, you know what? Fuck, I don't even want to say his name. 
I just know that Anthony Pantano did a video about, about him once. Oh, okay. Uh, and he said something about, like, he responded to Ariana Grande by saying, how dare you make this about you? You're a horrible person. But, like, the quote that he used wasn't even something that she actually said, like, that day when it happened. Like, oh it was God. from, like, because uh, it said, like, well, this is totally horrible or something like that. And, like, he was like, oh, how dare you say that? You need to be like, my heart goes out to the families and stuff like that. But that wasn't even what she fucking said. That was apparently a quote from after the election. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's like, you dumb motherfucker. If you're going to pick a part of celeb, at least make it about the fucking thing they said about the actual goddamn event, you piece of shit. How dare you try to make yourself look big and bad by saying, and I quote, I feel like a dangerous woman. <laughs> Now's not the time or place for your sass. God. I saw one person say something like, fucking tweet went viral where it was like, these people died at the Ariana Grande concert. Sometimes I feel like I'm dying when I listen to Ariana Grande. Dude, that's not the time. That, I read that and thought to myself, that's a joke that even 2009 ranter muse would go, nah, that's... That's a little too tasteless for, <laughs> for my liking. Like, it's, but here's the thing. It's, it's not even like, oh, does that hurt your feelings? Cause it, no, it's really just like, dude, it's just not funny. Yeah, that, that's a guy who is literally trying to make a joke and is apparently a fucking freelance writer for, like, Yahoo and, like, all these, like, media outlets. Like, look, I, I understand it. You know, oh, I'm so edgy, uh, three edgy, five me, or whatever the fuck. But it's just like... Really? Like, kids are dead, man. You know? Like, maybe not now. Could you at least wait a week or whatever the fuck? I do find it fascinating that someone hears about a terrorist attack, doesn't even wait for details. Yeah, the first thing they think is, oh, oh, I got a hot one. I can fire off a gem. You don't even know who died, if anyone. It's like you just know that there was an attack. It's like, oh... This joke ain't gonna land if I wait a week. Well, now all it did was fucking ruin your prof your uh professional reputation and your fucking verified account. Verified account Twitter. Jesus Christ. Anyone gets that shit now. What's the fucking credentials? It should be something to aspire for. And now you're looking at all these fucking troll ass motherfuckers with verified accounts. How's it even happen? How does it even matter, though? Because verified accounts just means it's actually you. Well, like, I mean, I, wouldn't you assume that everyone on there is them? Unless it says it's a parody account? You'd assume so, but I think it's only like if you have a certain amount of followers or something like a certain amount of notoriety can you apply for a, a verified account and th then you get one. Well, then don't call it verified because that, that sounds like something different. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. They use the same system, the same checkmark system as, like, Facebook or YouTube, but the only one that really matters is YouTube, because you get money then. <laughs> but even then, it's like, it, it's like, even if you're a partner, like, I'm a partner, you're a partner, we don't have checkmarks. Dude, do, do we get a... Do they get paid per tweet? Like, if, if you have an official verified account? See, no! No, absolutely <laughs> not! And fucking Twitter is trying to pull the same shit 
uh, Facebook did now where it's like, oh, do you want more people to see your tweets? Oh, spend some money, and it gets a farther reach. Like, bullshit. <laughs> they have really found out the fucking niche of people just want to be heard so fucking bad, or people want to promote their shit so damn bad, charge them just to fucking post a thing and have all of their followers see it. For the possibility that more people might see it. That's insane. I posted a thing on Facebook and it's like, hey, do you want 2,000 people to see it? And that's like, that's just over or whatever. I forget how many Facebook followers I have or whatever. But it's like, you gotta pay like $15, $20 just to ensure that everybody that took the time to follow your page sees what you post? And, what kind and of system is, is that? What, why isn't it doing that in the first place? Fucking gouging. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I mean, we're supposed to show this to your followers, but if you really want us to show it to your followers, <laughs> pony up the dough. It's like, hey! We're not obligated to do what you thought we would do. I mean, I guess they're not, but, you know, it, one would assume. <laughs> that is really shitty, though. Or, or no, you go, I, I, I'm sorry, this is just another thing to complain about. You go on Facebook, and they're like, we care about your privacy. Uh, you know, make sure you have the privacy settings. I just love them, them saying that because the reality is <laughs> what they what they actually uh, need to say is uh, it is it, it financially behooves us to pretend that you have privacy. So let us act <laughs> like you do. Yeah. You know, and hey, uh, about the whole Manchester thing, I feel like it would have been a disservice for us not to mention it. But I know we've gone on a pretty long stretch of episodes, actually, where we haven't talked about politics, we haven't talked about world events, we've been keeping it really light. But, you know, this is, I don't want to call it a special occasion, because it isn't special, but it is, it, it is especially noteworthy. Yeah, and rest in peace to all the people affected by this gutter piece of trash asshole who would interrupt people's fucking lives. Rest in peace for everyone lost. Our thoughts go to everyone, like, the families affected by this. And honestly, I, I, I gotta go one step further. I, I, I thought the same thing after Pulse. My thoughts are with the people who happen to share the same ethnicity as people who are profiled as terrorists. Because right, the, right. the next week is gonna be fucking hell for them. Yeah. Everyone is gonna be looking at them like they're gonna be the fucking next ones to do it. And it's unfair, it's horrible. When, uh, when a white dude runs up in a black church and shoots up church, did, did the next week, were white people not allowed in black churches? No. Did every white person in, in a Burger King, were they suspected of just having shot up a black church? <laughs> why else would you be at Burger King if the cops didn't bring you here? The reason why people hype up their xenophobia, right, is because they want to protect themselves, right? They feel like if I profile this Muslim guy or whoever the fuck it is that looks Muslim, I, I feel like I'm protecting America. I feel like I'm protecting my family. I feel like I'm protecting everyone. You know what I mean? Like, that's honestly what they feel. You know, it, it, someone who goes up to a Muslim guy and goes like, hey, I, you know, we don't want you around here. They're not doing it because they're like, I'm the bad guy of the story and I have to say a bad guy thing now. No, they're doing it because they honestly think that that's helping making the country better. But... You idiot! Don't do that! The opposite is what you should be doing. You should be like, hey, we want to make sure this country is as good as it can be for you, because this country has been great for us, and 
we don't feel that we need to uh, uh, rely on, you know, doing shitty things in order for someone to care about me personally. You know what I mean? I can just go on with my life and I can live my life to the best of my ability with the with the uh, resources that I have here. And I want to make sure you, you come into this country, who is this possibly profiled person, I want to make sure that you can live your life to the best of your ability in this country so that you can make the best of your life. And I want to make sure that no one is hindering that so that, you know, you're not hated into oblivion where you do feel that the only refuge you can have is with these motherfuckers who also hate you too. Because, you know, like uh, like they said, um, what is it they said, like, Nobody kills more Muslims than these Muslim extremists do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in Syria, they're not killing white people. They're not yeah. killing Christians. They're mainly killing other Muslims. I think it's fascinating. And, and you bring up an interesting point about, you know, people thinking they're doing the right thing. In the past week alone, there have been like three viral videos of racist people going on racist rants in public. Just cursing people out for daring to speak Spanish in public or, you know, or just be black or whatever. People just going off. And I think it's so amazing that they're willing to still do this and they know that someone is holding a fucking cell phone in their face filming it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you think, like, because I know when I do something embarrassing and someone starts recording me, I stop. <laughs> See, that's the thing. They're not embarrassed. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, they think, go ahead, put it out there. I want people to know that I'm a shitty person. But to them, it's, I want people to know that I'm protecting my country, you know? Yeah, they seriously think they're the fucking hero. That, they, that they're the hero because they don't want someone speaking to their mother in Spanish in a restaurant. You need to get out of here. That makes me the good guy. And if there's anything I could say that makes people smile or... You know, forget about the horrible shit for a second. There is just, on a daily basis, GIFs and videos of Melania refusing to touch Donald Trump's hand that just make <laughs> me so happy. So, um, we got a Patreon request this week. Yeah. From, hold on, wait a minute. Put a little love in it. It's Tyler Shana, I want to say, S-H-A-I-N-A. Is that his whole name? Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some love in it. Tyler Shada. It is now. <laughs> you see that guy walking down the street. You go like, hold up. Wait a minute. That guy gonna put some love in it. Yeah. He better change his fucking Twitter profile. <laughs> handle Damn, his Tyler. Patreon shit. Sorry. I, I, I just used a meme that was really old. Uh, shame on me. I oh, no. Internet points. What'd you say? I said, uh, they see you walking down the street. They're gonna be like, Damn, Tyler. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh! Let me see your goddamn shoes! <laughs> Look at me! Just jumping on the ground, filming them. Wait! <laughs> People need to see your vans! Tyler requested uh, Urban Flora by the uh, producer Gallimadius, um, featuring uh, Elena Barras. All names, I have no idea how to pronounce. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking, I was like, what the fuck? These guys from, like, I don't know, Scandinavia or something? I don't know how to say this shit. See, these fucking European producers, man, they're taking over the game. And yeah, this man. is one of those examples of you got a producer doing the producing, obviously, and the EP is just one, one vocalist, as opposed to when you got Calvin Harris or um, David Guetta 
have albums just full of different people. This is just one. Uh, for this EP called uh, Urban Flora. It was an even 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not exactly uh, what we normally get requests uh, no, for. not at all. Not at all. Normally it's uh, your standard hip-hop fare. Uh, this time it was very much more uh, pop. Um, with some hip-hop elements in the beats. Yeah, it would just like... Ra- uh, what's great about this album is that like things randomly just come in and it just brightens the track. Like you're just like, oh, okay, that was going to be in there now, you know? You know, I'm noticing now on Spotify that there are remixes. How do you remix this? Yeah, there's a remix I- album. I mean, this. I guess you could, but... It already sounds like the remix. <laughs> yeah, like, jeez. The only thing is I would say before I, uh, before I pass the torch is that it, uh, it took a second to kick in for me. Was that all you had to say? I'll say more later. Uh, it, it took a second. Anyway, you go. <laughs> I thought you were going to fucking say something. Like... <laughs> I don't really, like I said, I don't really have a lot of strong opinions, so I was just going to build off yours. <clears throat> Listening to this album... It's very fascinating. What is this? Is this like vaporware or something like that? I don't think it's vaporwave. Um, it's too too upbeat and uh, poppy for that. It kind of reminded me more of like um, what was it like DJ Snake and whatever who did the fucking like turn down for what and all that shit. Really? Does it seem like that? No, that seems too way too high energy. This is more. I, I would actually say this is pretty chill. It was chill, but every so often it would have the elements of those songs kind of kick in, like you said before, that just kind of come in and brighten it. On its own, though, it is kind of more like, uh, maybe like chill hop? You know what it reminds me of? Um, Have you ever heard of Big Gigantic? No. Well, their thing is like uh, synth, like synth wave, but with jazz elements in it, right? Ooh. And definitely check them out. And this is like... Send the wave, but with more classical sounding elements in it. Okay, yeah. And I really, I, I really dug that because it sounds really electronic, and then randomly it'll switch over to like an acoustic piano, mm. and and it, it's just like it feels like this sort of like like the merging of man and machine when you listen to this music, you know? <laughs> yeah. But but it's not like you know Terminator into the world shit. It's like just simple songs about like being so in love and like you're gonna fuck the soul out of this person. Like, <laughs> oh my god, can I say, like, the lyrics on this album are just so lush and just descriptive and just, they complement the chilled-out vibe, right? Like, <laughs> what is it? Well, I'm, okay, I'm quoting one lyric, but this is the one lyric that kind of, like, actually felt <laughs> a little too, like, weird. So it's like, you know, it starts off as, like, there's a universe inside of you, and it's said, like, really romantically, and it's just like, can I undress you? This is like, uh, that doesn't really work. <laughs> like, imagine a guy saying that, like, baby, you're so fascinating. There's a universe inside of you. Now take off your clothes. <laughs> take off your clothes. It goes back to Terminator. <laughs> no, but, it, you know, it just sounds like, like, really beautiful, florid language. Now can I see you naked? Because <laughs> it's like, eh, that one didn't work. But most of them are just like, you know, like... I love sipping on your pretty thoughts and stuff like that. Just like imagery that's just like, ooh, that's, I would love to hear 
uh, uh, you know, a girl saying that to me, you know, I was like, I don't even have to get what it means. I just, it just sounds like just listening to her say it and the way her voice just oozes with like just sexuality and just, and just the coquettishness or whatever the fuck, if that's a word, uh, you know, just like, it's so, you gotta listen to it, man. It's, it's fucking dope. Like listening to it reminds me of, uh, what was, what was that song? The love me love me say that you love me you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is sort of like uh this is sort of sweet sexy cooing thing that she does throughout the whole album and it's I, I fucking feel it it's solid as fuck um except for that one line where it's just <laughs> your life is beautiful and then take off your clothes <laughs> <laughs> but other than that like oh she had oh, that chorus on uh, the maybe joint where she's like She's talking about how much she loves him, even though he lies to her. And then goes like, maybe I'll forget you some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I love it because it sets up. It's like, it's like, maybe I'll forget you. And it's like, yeah, hopefully I'm going to get over you. And it's like, eh, but it's not going to be now, though, because I'm thinking about how fucking hot you are. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's pretty dope. I like that. <laughs> to me, I wouldn't have really noticed a difference if this was just one continuous track. <laughs> Because it kind of felt like it. Like It has a very solid groove, though. Solid grooves. It's a consistent groove. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, um, it doesn't differ up too, too much. There are some songs that are definitely more, like you, like you were talking about earlier, they have those elements kind of thrown in. Some of the other ones are a little bit more laid back. Like, it starts out pretty chill. But then as it goes, some of the tracks have more kind of, like, bass and different, different little noises and sounds thrown in to, to jazz things up. Um, but overall, if there weren't, like, key words in these songs that I was like, oh, yeah, that one, I probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Probably not, but... And that's not even necessarily a bad thing, because, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, it's like... We're fucking talking about a synthwave fucking pop thing, you know, what do you really want from that, other than <laughs> for it to sound cool and pretty? Yeah, and it does like, that. Uh, I would actually love if more pop music sounded like this. Yeah, I think that's what got me down was how occasionally it would sound like you know some stuff that's out there, but so much better. Yeah, and like, it's like, it, man, so why it, can't we get this in heavy rotation? Exactly. It's like it's not like oh, pop music is bad. It's just like no, I just wanted to sound cool. You know, I wanted to sound like. Somebody put as much time as they put into this as, as they put into, you know, the, the top 40 songs. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times songs don't sound like they had that much time put into them. The songs on the radio, they put way too much time and thought into the lyrics that they overcomplicate them. <laughs> like fucking Closer? Closer? Or even like they all have to have a, like a message or they all need to say something. Like last week I mentioned um, Alessia Cara. I love Alessia Cara's voice. Um, that first big single of hers where it was just like, hey, I'm at a party, you know, this isn't really my scene, though. I liked that yeah. one. The song that's out now, I like the message with the uh, scars, you're beautiful or whatever. I don't know, man. It's like, I think you could have said this a lot more simpler without being so, like, really descriptive. Like, it's a really simple message. Leave out the whistles and bells. You just want everyone to be like, you're beautiful. Fuck it. You're beautiful. You should think you're beautiful because everyone's beautiful. But, you know, like, it brings these things in and, like, 
I'm not even saying that's to its detriment, because as soon as I said that, it reminded me of, like, Waterfalls. And, I mean, that's a good song. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I don't think it's necessarily the idea of uh, being overly descriptive. It's just the things that they are describing. Like, fucking Closer talks about the, the, the mattress that you stole from your roommate back in Boulder. It's like, I didn't need to know that. That wouldn't change anything if that just wasn't there, you know? But they tried to throw that in to be like, ooh, look how personal we're being, you know? Because me listening to that, I can totally relate, because I've had that exact same situation happen to me. I stole a mattress, I went across the country. I like Scars to Your Beautiful. I think the, the, the actual title is a little confusing. Wait, are, there are no Scars? But, like, but I do have Scars. You know, like, when you're in life, you get, you acquire Scars, these imperfections. So, why is she saying, there are no Scars to Your Beautiful? Oh. Like, there's nothing imperfect about your beautiful, but I thought yeah. the beauty was in the fact that it's imperfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I that kind of contradicts it. Like, it builds, everything building up to that point sounds great, but just that one lyric, it really always has me going like, wait, no, what does she mean here? Because shouldn't she be saying, uh, like, hey, these are the scars to your beautiful. Like, these are the imperfections mm. that make up the beautiful you. Yeah. You know, wouldn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. These scars to your beautiful, not no scars to your beautiful. There was another song where it's like, I never knew that I was starving till I tasted you. Like, oh, yeah, or, or uh, what was that lyric? Uh, I'd say you give me butterflies, but you give me the whole zoo. Like, <laughs> you're trying slightly too hard. That's bad. That's overcomplicating it. The message on this, though, basically the same, but it's put across so much better. Mm. And it's like, it's so much simpler, really. All of it is. I mean, like, the songs that are more stripped down, you know, they sound better than, you know, half like the ballads you hear on the radio. Like, I know you're probably not gonna hear most of this stuff because, I mean, this album is already two years old. (laughs) But... And it obviously didn't make that big of an impact because we're not seeing too much of a change on the radio now, but... Well, no, I mean, that that sort of cut-up style where, uh, you know, it seems like they, like, cut and cross things around where music sounds very sort of, like, fragmented and stuttered. I'm hearing more of that now. Like, you know, the, the roof is falling... Like, you know what I mean? And then there was that other song... Uh, the it ain't me, mad at me, not mad at not yeah, need to find a bad man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it isn't as pleasing as the CP though. <laughs> Definitely not. It's more okay. of a headache. So I'm seeing someone trying to describe it, and they're trying to go like line for line, right? Mm. And uh, the the scars to your beautiful, and they say, uh, you don't have to worry about fixing your flaws or changing yourself to fit societal expectations. That's the first line. Uh, you should know you're beautiful just the way you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have to change the thing, the world can change his heart. That's him saying, uh, here he says, others need to change their views on beauty and accept everyone for who they are. Now, for the no scars to your beautiful, the person says, don't let their criticism hurt you and leave emotional or even physical scars. I don't think that's what that means. Yeah, no. Go back to this EP real quick. I just, I guess in closing... Because I don't have a whole too much to really say, because, you know, pop usually is pretty simplistic, and like I said before, you don't really want a whole lot out of it. 
And I think what you would expect or what you would want out of this, I think it delivers on pretty well. Um, for me, it's slow to start. Uh, kicks in around uh, fantasy. Um, oh, go back. Hold on. I'm on Spotify. Fantasy make you feel maybe. Pretty thoughts I wasn't too big on, but I thought it ended really good with Unfold. Mm. I liked every track on this album. I, I absolutely enjoyed it, it's, especially for like a 30 minute short thing. I'm like, yeah. I can totally imagine just listening to this, like no problem. Like I would literally have no, even the lyric where it's just like, hey, come on, get naked. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's silly, but you know. I think for me, it worked better in that it was only a half hour. I think if it was longer than that, like a full length, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. I probably would have got bored, I think. Yeah. But I, but yeah, exactly. Like, so it's short. It's shortness is to its benefit. Like, I could literally just imagine just chilling out, playing a video game or something like that, and just having this playing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's definitely chill. It it it, it puts you in a nice place, a nice state of mind. Yeah, if you have like a, an intimate group of friends coming over and you need some music to play, like this is perfect. Despite this not being what I would normally listen to, it's not really my thing. Um, I would still end up giving it a four. I I would give it a five. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. It it really goes there for me. It's it's really solid. Yeah, I think people in my boat who, you know, this type of stuff really isn't normally the isn't normally for them, I think they'll still find enjoyment in it. Like like I'd i I'd still recommend it. I'm not saying that everyone is gonna fall in love with it. There's a very good chance you you might not, especially if you're listening to the show for the for the hip hop reviews and stuff like that. It's not, mm. you know, hard hitting witty lyricism you know it's uh it's really laid back so it's laid back and chill and um i think that's something i need to work on myself is being able to criticize stuff that i'm not as familiar with mm. you know like just listening so listening to something and being like well what do you think of it T take away the fact that this isn't what you would normally listen to because that's irrelevant <laughs> you know so, if anything, let this album expand your uh, musical palette, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said that like he just took a puff and just, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was a really good way of putting it. So, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Word. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, your continued support is greatly appreciated. If this is your first time listening, subscribe to our show on iTunes. Super simple. Just search Going Off Podcast, hit the subscribe button, and that's all you gotta do. Just sit back and wait for the episodes to come to you. They're also on SoundCloud if iTunes isn't your bag. And we also got a good bit of the episodes on YouTube also, so you can leave your comments on any of those platforms. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like, and we'll take it into account. But until next week, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic, telling you, your thoughts and opinions matter. And there are and will be people who will believe in you and support you if you follow the path that you want.